Hello, welcome and namaste to the World is Ending podcast. Today we have Anangsha Amalia, a very popular internet person who has thousands of followers on Quora, who has thousands of followers on Medium, millions of readers, 3x bestseller, an IITian, a civil engineer, a PhD student, a researcher, an author, an article writer, a poet, and several other things. You can see the amount of versatility she has and she carries a lot of charisma along with all of this. Anangsha is an amazing person. She could come off as a little shy. Uh, she has a lot of insight into her writings and uh, she is interesting uh, for the lack of a better word. So Anangsha has been one of my favorite guests on this podcast as well and we discuss and we go into the intricate details of how to write a poem or how to write a uh, article or how to write a story or how to write a novel how to write a bestseller and some of the questions that you guys would have uh it was very interesting talking to anangsha there was so much that i got to learn and i've been reading her for the past five years she has one of the most versatile catalog in any of the modern authors that i've seen to date so it would be super interesting listening from her straight from the horse's mouth learning what she has to say and what she has to offer anangsha Amaliam is from the northeast part of India and uh, she represents it, she lives it, she talks about it in most of her stories. So let's learn from her how to write, what are her opinions about writing and uh, what this young bomb, young versatile talent has to say about writing, about something that she is so particularly talented in and particularly fond of and particularly known for. So let's listen from Anangsha Amaliam. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Nangsha. Thank you so much for joining us at the World is Ending podcast. Uh, thank you for having me here. This is a great idea that you have, you know, curated 21 people from different walks of life. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Nangsha, how was your day today? Uh, my day was good. It was nice. I woke up and I wrote some things. Then I was... You know, I just had my lunch and I was waiting for this thing to happen. So, mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's flattering. <laughs> so okay. where are you? Uh, uh, let me put my phone on silent. Okay. Sure. Yeah, done. So where and what are you working on right now? Uh, right now, I am working on a novel, on a new novel. And mm-hmm. uh, that is... I w- I'm not sure how shall I put the genre of it, but it de- it's like a coming of age story of a woman and it deals mm-hmm. with, it, it is set in a dysfunctional family in an Indian setting. So it, okay. it deals with a lot of issues like uh, mental health issues and mm-hmm. abuse in childhood and bullying in school, self-esteem mm-hmm. issues. So it deals with mm-hmm. a lot of issues and... I hope, uh, like, I'm not yet sure where the story will go. I'm still halfway through. So let's see where the writing this book takes me. Wow. That's a nice start to this uh, interview right now. <laughs> uh, so you were born and brought up in Assam. Yes. In, Sel- in Selchar. Uh, no, I'm currently working in Selchar. But I was mm-hmm. born and brought up in another place in Assam. It's called Jorhat. Oh, I've heard of Jorhat. Yeah. So, 
Jorhat so, called the tea capital of Assam because it has a lot exactly. of tea gardens and the tea production exactly. is the highest there in uh, Assam. So there is this another popular author, uh, Ruskin Bond, whose life was very much affected by uh, his childhood back in Dehradun. Yes, yes, of course. So how has the culturally rich, because I think the Northeast is the most culturally rich and honest uh, part of India right now. So how has that affected your writing or your uh, thought process? Uh, okay, so yeah, of course, Ruskin Bond, uh, you can see, you can, when you read Ruskin Bond's story, it's like you can feel the beauty of the mountains in his poems, right? Mm-hmm. So as for me, uh, I grew up in Jorhat, which is a small town in the northern part mm-hmm. of Assam. So mm-hmm. back in those days, my family, we stayed in a government quarter and it was a bungalow style quarter built in the 1960s. So, you know, all those old houses where there is a, we had a big lawn, like a green lawn in front of our house and a small pond where some ducks had also set up home. And every winter, my mother used to grow flowers, colorful chrysanthemums and sparkling cosmoses mm-hmm. and glowing marigolds that really brought those lawns to life. So I think that you will definitely find a reflection of this beauty in my poems. So or would you like mm-hmm. me to read a poem that, you know, uh, depicts this uh, sense? Sure. Sure, please, please. Okay, uh, so this is a poem as uh, it's called Garden and it is part of a series called Escape that I had written in my book, Stolen Reflections. So here goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, take me away to a garden of flowers, a scented reality with lilac showers, where magnolias bloom the purest white, those red roses make a pretty sight, where butterflies flit between our fingers, and when they are gone, some magical dust lingers. That fiery yellow of the blooming lily, your lilting laugh at my joke so silly. My lips on your cheeks, your scent on my skin, the beauty around us heralds the spring begin. The honeyed sunlight, that perfumed air and on your shoulders my flying hair take me away to a garden where i can forget what unravels me as the golden bees fly take me away to this world of colors and be with me when i make it all ours so yeah that is the poem wow whoa 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 that's nice that's whoa that's great. I mean, it, it, it actually looks like uh, your poetry is very much inspired from uh, uh, the romantic era of uh, English poetry where we had John Keats, William Wordsworth, Tennyson. Yeah, I would definitely and... say that yeah, Keats and Wordsworth, they have been like uh, in inspirations while growing up. Mm-hmm. So you've been writing for a long time. I've been reading your answers on Quora from uh, 2015 or 2016. Yeah, actually 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you have mentioned in your other interviews that uh, whenever whenever there was some uh, newspaper function or uh, 
some magazines etc mm-hmm. you would publish your poetries over there yes yes definitely so, i used to like write poems for local newspapers since i was really young actually mhm so uh, what difference do you find uh, what inspired you when you were a child versus what inspires you right now okay so uh, when i was a child i did not know much about anything right i only saw my world was very limited to my parents and my school so at that time mm-hmm. i used to write poems about say my friends or my mother or my father i used to write about things mm-hmm. that i saw and i experienced in my life but now mm-hmm. as i'm growing older i start of of course i read news and i watch what is happening around the world so my experience has also grown since that time so right now i think that my poems they tend to be like a mirror that reflects what is going on in the society it's like you know whatever mm-hmm. uh, back back when i was young my influences were limited to my experiences but right now as i hear stories of other people i mm-hmm. maybe i you know subconsciously try to incorporate them into my writing as well you know take inspirations from people around me and people all mm-hmm. over the world whose stories i read on the internet or hear from my friends i uh, you often refer to yourself as a poet while we are talking uh, i know anangsha as a fiction writer on kora as a uh, article writer on medium mm-hmm. and not the poet anangsha but what exactly i mean which version of anangsha the poet or the writer or the article writer or the self help anangsha which one is the one that is closest to you ah uh, okay so that is like a tough question because i like to write all these things that you mentioned right now poems and short stories mm-hmm. and articles so mm-hmm. uh, actually see poems are like a reflection of one particular emotion one particular feeling right so mm-hmm. when i feel that something is there in my heart something is gripping my heart very strongly i tend to write mm-hmm. that in a poem but when you when i have to write a, a short story it has to be it has to take mm-hmm. some planning i have to think of an outline first have to design a plot only then i can write a short story so short stories mm-hmm. require more planning poems are more spontaneous they come to me at random moments throughout the day even if a short story idea comes comes to me i can't write it without you know outlining a, or charting the proper story right so right. stories require planning and poems come spontaneously and as for books they require more extensive planning so books writing a mm-hmm. book is like a journey you know you have to live with your characters for so long they become like your friends in real life mhm and and, yeah. and talking about books you have some very uh, interesting lineup all three of your books mm-hmm. have become best sellers on amazon uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, your book uh, what happened to our forever explores the relationship between an older woman and a younger man is it a personal story uh, i wouldn't say it's a personal story because it is fiction it's a romantic thriller and it is fiction but yeah obviously like m- many of my stories they have some reflections of things that happened to me in person so mm-hmm. it's not completely a personal story but it has some reflections of what happened to me 
Okay. So like in your book what did Tashi yeah. do? You uh, wrote a medium article where you wrote about a personal experience and what motivated you to write that yeah. book. Uh as much as I've been reading you for the past 4 5 mm-hmm. years it appears like uh, all your writing contains a little versions of mm-hmm. you. Right? So uh do you think like to be an author you need to live certain life experiences or uh, or is it just plain creativity just that flows through you okay so uh, first of all i like to differ from you on this because uh, you know my characters are not versions of myself i mean yeah maybe they are inspired from something that happened to me but these characters they have their own experiences that shaped them in a completely different way so i think like i said before that i write to like articles and stories that are like a mirror of the society that we live in so maybe an incident that happened to me i take that incident and i think of the best and the worst case scenarios that could have happened that could have been like as a result of this incident and then i try to weave a story around that or if i have experienced mm-hmm. some feeling where i felt no i needed some help i wish there was somebody to talk to me so at that time so i think that if i write that feeling down then maybe somebody else who is experiencing something similar will have something you know to relate to and something to inspire them or something to help them so it's like i take some incidents and then i project them i make them uh, you know i weave a story around them around the worst case scenario i along those lines of that particular incident would you call yourself a pessimist <laughs> uh would i call myself a pessimist see that is again a difficult question <laughs> maybe i like to call myself a realist neither an optimist nor a pessimist because you know everything is not black and white in life it's not always either good news or bad news right there's always a middle mm-hmm. ground a gray area so i i belong mm. there i believe that if it way bad situations can happen to anyone but if you have a way to you know work around them you can bring out positive effects from even bad situations so i like mm-hmm. to call myself a realist okay so you know what people who are listening to this mm-hmm. there's a lot of thought process that goes behind writing something that you consider a simple prose or a simple article or a simple poetry or whatever you want to call it there's so much thought process that goes behind of course yeah and let's let's get into the details of the thought process on uh, some more things on that uh, anangsha if you don't yeah, mind yeah sure definitely what exactly drives your writings what is the thought process that you have uh, walk me through it when you try to write something okay so when i try to write something the first thing i have to decide is what uh, topic i want this to be on right so when i mm-hmm. select that topic i try to think of one topic that many people will find relatable and mm-hmm. something that i have some sort of experience in or something that is really close to my heart because if it is not mm-hmm. close to my heart i'll not be able to be honest while depicting it right and if i am mm-hmm. not honest it will reflect in my writing that this is half hearted writing and people will know because readers so they are very smart they can figure out that yeah this author does not have her heart in writing this so yeah it has to be a topic that is relatable by many people 
and it has to be something mm-hmm. that is close to my heart so once i figure out that topic then i'll of course i'll decide whether i want to write a fiction piece or a non fiction article on this so if i'm let's talk about writing a novel say like i'm mm-hmm. my upcoming novel is based on certain mental health issues so i want write a story that many indians will find relatable and many indians who might have never felt that they have been represented in movies or books they'll find something to relate to in this book because mm-hmm. in whenever we see movies or we see books that show an indian society we always see that everything is perfect in a family like there is very mm-hmm. nurturing and supportive mother who sacrifices everything for her children and then there is a very supportive father but usually like everybody is not so fortunate to have such a supporting and such a nurturing family right there are always disagreements when we grow up between our parents between siblings but all these things generally don't get covered in movies it's either people are too good or people are too bad like proper villains but the middle ground that is there that is the reality for many people is not shown in many movies or many books so that is what i am trying to bring out in this next book of mine the kind of dysfunctional family that exists in indian context so that is there and then mm-hmm. initially i had figured out a chart that yeah this book is going to follow this pattern there is going to be this plot and the characters are going to face this but when i started writing my i don't know if you would you know be able to relate to this or not but as an author when i started writing my characters i felt that mm-hmm. the story it went in a completely different direction than what i had initially planned so it's like the characters mm-hmm. started having a life of their own and they wanted to do things that i initially did not have an idea that they these people would do in this situations so it's like when i was writing mm-hmm. i was discovering more about these characters and as a, a result of this i was also discovering more about myself as a person as an as an author or you know as an observer mm-hmm. of life so it's like yeah wow. this novel that i'm writing initially it was planned it mm-hmm. was very rigid it was very fixed but now it has it has a life of its own it's going in other directions completely different directions and going down avenues which i have never written about in my life but that's a very challenging process again but i hope because it's very interesting it's it's like a, a way of knowing yourself it's like a self realization process so that is what i find mm-hmm. that is what i find the most interesting about a novel compared to a short story or a poem when you write a short story it's just about one incident but a novel can cover mm-hmm. many years it can cover many generations so it is a very fluid mm-hmm. a very dynamic entity and most often it has a life of its own it does not stick to the rules that the author had described initially wow that's a, i i met a couple authors and uh, i mean i was involved in this circuit for a okay. while and you know this is something that people say very um, oh. often that when you start writing about something the characters no longer remain your own they start having lives of exactly. themselves they start becoming exactly. they start becoming a subconscious process mm-hmm. which uh, which is like living an alternate hey, life that is very uh, true 
like yeah. right now there is this lockdown is going on because of covid 19 mm-hmm. and i am alone i am living in my uh, quarter in silchar so i i don't really have much of social contact right now so it's like these characters mm-hmm. are my friends and i know them in real life and at i wake up some mornings not knowing what these characters will do and i only, the only way of finding out is writing mm-hmm. so what you are very wow. cool that yeah characters they get a life of their own right 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 um uh, you have written i mean so okay one thing you talked about the readers yeah. right uh thinking about the readers there's one guy who does it the best he's mr chetan ah, yes, yes definitely <laughs> he knows his uh, reader base very well what they are why they will pick up exactly. the book uh why they will turn the pages why they will exactly stick with the story why will bollywood pick right. it up what do you think of your reader okay. base who exactly okay, is your so reader first of all i like to talk a little bit about chetan bhagat see chetan bhagat is a genius when it comes to writing because first of all he picks up very relatable plots and his stories are filled with most of it is filled with dialogue so when people readers when they read dialogue they can relate more to the story because they feel that these two characters are having a conversation with each other i think that is what makes chetan bhagat's books work because of the you know liberal use of dialogue so that is that and as for my reader base uh, i think that most of my readers are indians in the age group of say 15 to 35 maybe and my mm-hmm. readers they appreciate good writing and they appreciate good mm-hmm. plot and if if i give mm-hmm. them a cliched love story they might not want to read more from me because there are already a lot of love stories in the market and people have read so many love stories there is very little left to offer them that can be new so uh, i mm-hmm. think my readers really appreciate a good plot and they are also you know many people they comment on my posts online or they send me messages and they tell me what they thought of my writing and how i could have changed or improved it so it's like a symbiotic mm-hmm. relationship we share i give them good fiction mm-hmm. to read and they give me good pointers how i can improve and my right. readers i don't think they only appreciate entertainment maybe they also want something mm-hmm. that makes them think that makes them introspect on you know difficult topics mm-hmm. that otherwise they might not have thought about wow that that is very insightful actually yeah uh, i have this friend uh, abhay nagarajan who wrote this book the paperback badshah and uh, uh, several other uh, popular okay, books okay 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 uh, yeah he he used to tell me this thing that uh, you know mm-hmm. ankit my read i have no idea who my readers are i have never interacted with one of these okay. people but uh, yeah they really love what i love writing and they are my guides who tell me what i should write okay. next uh, <laughs> yeah so i really also uh, one thing anangsha you just mentioned that there are so many love hey. stories and i agree uh, everyone has a love story to tell because uh, because i think love is a universal because... emotion everybody has felt it at some point in their lives right right so I mean, in that way, the writer space is very saturated, yeah, yeah, right. right? There are so many writers over here who are writing. So, how do, how does one upcoming author, and I'm asking from my personal mm-hmm. point of view, how do I, as a 
as an upcoming author i distinguish myself okay so yeah you are right because nowadays there are so mm. many self publishing platforms that make it easy for anybody to have a book published within like one month if they have a manuscript they can just mm-hmm. send it to the self publishers and it will be ready within say one week or 10 days so yeah the writing space mm-hmm. is very saturated and if you say mm-hmm. to distinguish yourself like as a author i think uh, i think some there are few things that are very important the first is that you need to touch the feelings of your readers uh, you need to give them something mm-hmm. that will really touch them and really either inspire them or make them think about their own lives or you know something mm-hmm. that will change them as a person you have to give something mm-hmm. that the readers will ha- be able to relate and if they find themselves in a certain mm-hmm. situation like that maybe your book will give them mm-hmm. you know, pointers on how to react something like that that is one and another is that it has mm-hmm. to have a solid plot it has to have a solid plot mm-hmm. and that plot has to be something that has not been ex- uh, that has not been explored much before like you know love stories you can of course write a love story but mm-hmm. if you add a, an element that has not been explored much before then it would have a mm-hmm. higher chance of you know success and then right, about right. yeah no this say uh, i'm saying like uh, i mean from from that mm-hmm. perspective obviously but but uh i i'll take the question a little okay. forward how to write a best seller how to write a best seller how to write a best seller see it's not that if you have a quality book it's going to be a best seller because the market is such even if you write a really really outstanding book the audience might not appreciate mm-hmm. it you have seen this in bollywood movies mm-hmm. also right some really good movies they don't end up becoming hits so becoming a best seller i think it's not much about the writing it's more about the marketing part that is again a different topic so but mm-hmm. yeah if you have a good content there is a higher chance of people mm-hmm. liking your book but then again if you are a very expert in marketing even if you don't have a good content mm-hmm. you can become a best seller there are cases like this i don't want to take any names but i have seen many best selling books that you know don't really have much story or much plot or even the language is not mm-hmm. so good but because the marketing was so good they ended up becoming bestsellers so that is one but if mm. of course if you have a good content then uh, there is this thing called word of mouth right so if you write a very good mm-hmm. book and one reader really appreciates it then they will and talk about mm-hmm. it to their friends so then their friends will buy mm-hmm. so if you have good content word of mouth can become can go a long way in making a, your book a bestseller mm-hmm. and good content mm-hmm. has again three elements first is plot second is characters and third is the language uh, the language has to be easy mm-hmm. to understand so it is accessible to a large number of people and again it has to celebrate mm-hmm. the beauty of the english language it can't be too simple mm-hmm. and of course it can't be too mm-hmm. complex again complex does not mean using difficult words you can use simple words and mm-hmm. write good language right right everyone right. does not have to have the vocabulary mm-hmm. of shashi tharoor a good language mm-hmm. right. <laughs> there are many authors who use right. very simple language to create beautiful sentences mhm yeah that's that's there uh there is one uh, considerable difference that i find between uh, male authors and female uh, authors like female yeah. authors 
yeah fe- female authors they think in terms of emotions mm-hmm. like uh, uh like you for okay. example right and uh, there are male authors who think in terms of objectivity okay if that's the word i should uh, use yeah, yeah. uh what what do you think when you read someone who's a male author versus a female author what do you think uh, how, what do you find more readable from a personal point of view and what differences do you see in the thought process of okay. writing so recently i was invited for a talk that focused on this thing only women in literature so i'd like to tell you my observation mm-hmm. on this uh, topic so first of all i think that mm-hmm. male authors overly sexualize a female character like they are going to talk about mm-hmm. their bodies their physical attributes a lot maybe her eyes her hair mm-hmm. her skin and uh, they always like uh, whenever a book is written by a male author the female protagonist they always have this perfect hair and you know beautiful skin and everything is flawless and so much of attention is paid to her physical uh, her overall out outlook and they don't really focus mm-hmm. much on you know what she thinks or how she is like a person or what her personality or her character traits are it's mostly about the physical mm-hmm. appearance how she looks that is one and mm-hmm. another thing i have observed mm-hmm. is that when a woman is written by a man uh, that woman tends to you know her main aim in life is often only love it's like you know she has maybe she has certain goals but she is prepared to go to any lengths to sacrifice anything for the male character for love it's like that these women who are written by men all they think about is love mm-hmm. and they don't really have much of their own personality apart from you know being the uh, eye candy of the male protagonist that is what i have felt in many novels that i have read i'm not very sure about it i'd say you know uh, 50 shades of gray was written yeah, by a woman true <laughs> yeah uh, lolita was written yeah. by a man so i mean for every lolita we have a 50 true. shades of gray <laughs> i'm not sure uh, i'm not sure in general statistically how much that does stand maybe in terms of popular novels yeah. uh, your point true. does stand but okay maybe we don't share perspectives <laughs> yeah, on that maybe. Uh, I, I would just share one example. So, I'd like to share one example. Like you mentioned, Chidan Bhagat, right? So he has a you know mm-hmm. very distinctive way of describing heroines that they have beautiful hair and beautiful eyes. But I'd like to give you one example of a female character written by a woman, and this is from the book called The Ministry of Utmost Happiness by Arundhati Roy. Have you heard of mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I have read, read it. it. So there mm-hmm. is just one line I'd like to read out. Uh, I actually bookmarked this line because I loved it so much. So this is about the girl's hair. Okay. So the words go like mm-hmm. this: Her long, thick hair was neither straight nor curly, but tangled and uncared for. It would have easily made the before part of a before-after shampoo commercial. that is that mm-hmm. but you know it brings such a beautiful image to your mind right it's she she does not say right. that her hair is beautiful she goes on to describe how it is and that it's not perfect because it's like the before part of a commercial but still that is what makes that girl mm-hmm. that is what makes her her right so that is one difference sure 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 no see uh, arundhati roy should not be compared to chetan bhagat in my opinion they are completely they uh, write different genres they have a different audience if you want to 
if you want to compare chetan bhagat you can compare him with let's say preeti shanoi nikita singh madhuri banerjee yeah, all those right. people uh, are yeah, these popular people all right about anangsha the author and mm-hmm. her perspectives uh, we have talked a lot so let's talk about anangsha the person you are an iitn uh, yeah. right and uh, so how has uh, iit helped you in becoming a 3 3x best selling author okay so before i joined iit i was a blogger but i okay. in iit i met a lot of talented a lot of like minded people who are you know mm-hmm. not afraid to think out of the box who are not afraid to choose other careers that will not have anything to do with their mm-hmm. profession and being around such a talented bunch gave me this inspiration that you know maybe i should also do something about this passion of mine this hobby of mine you know before i joined iit i used mm-hmm. to write only on quora sometimes on some other online platforms mm-hmm. but there was one friend one close friend of mine in iit who asked me this question that if you only write online why do you call yourself a writer and that really got me thinking that yeah if i don't have a book should i really call myself a writer and because of that one particular right. question i thought that no i really really need to get a book out mm-hmm. otherwise what's the difference between me and a random blogger on the internet right so so because of right. this one comment by this one friend i actually put together all my poems that i had written before and i published my first book solar reflections and because it was because of this comment uh, by this friend so i dedicated my book to him and yeah not, not just the Whoa. first book all other books that i have written i have dedicated it to him because if it were not for his comment probably till now i might not have published the book probably Do you want to give a shout out to that friend right now over here? <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, he is called Sai Sai Krishna, and he is from IIT Guwahati. He, he did his computer science uh, okay. undergraduate from there, so that is there. And then mm-hmm. again in IIT, I met uh, very creative artists who helped me, you know, who helped mm-hmm. make the illustrations for some of my poems in my book Stolen Reflections. and then there is one girl mm-hmm. from department of design who made the cover for my book solar reflections so it's like you know many mm-hmm. people helped me in iit to you know explore this creative side of mine and also there is this, mm-hmm. uh, there is a campus broadcasting system there in iit guwahati they help in recording and shooting stuff so the people there are really talented and really creative and they told me that if you have written a book on poetry you should do some recitations so so, so they took me and they took me to this really beautiful cinematic places and helped me make some really beautiful poetry recording sessions Yeah, so the wow. the IIT people wow. actually helped me, you know, like a lot in my journey as a published author. And uh, are you done with your PhD, no, or no, are I you still working on your PhD? I started in two thousand eighteen, so it's still going on. Two years have passed till now, going on. Mm-hmm. What is your uh, PhD about? If you okay, would want so, to discuss, okay, uh, so I am a civil engineer. i work in geotechnical engineering mm-hmm. geotechnical means about the earth about the mm-hmm. soil so my topic is uh, it's about i i the name is seismic response of shallow foundations on sto- slopes so in in layman mm-hmm. terms it's basically i'm going to explore how the houses that are built on hill slopes how these houses will behave under earthquake conditions 
will the houses fail or will they be able to stay safe and and i would like to you mm-hmm. know by the end of the phd i hope that i'll have certain guidelines for construction of these houses what ca- what are the safety precautions that can be adopted to make sure that they sa- stay safe under mm-hmm. earthquake conditions and because i live in assam and in the northeast you know that the, there is very less flat land most of the place is hilly terrain yeah. so there are a lot of construction on hill slopes mm-hmm. and we see that in the rainy season a lot of landslides happen and during earthquakes many of these hill uh, the houses on the hill slopes they just collapse so i hope that by the end of the phd mm-hmm. i'll have some guidelines for the construction that will you know help the people of this area to make sure that they are safe their life and property is safe during earthquakes so that is my phd in mm-hmm. layman terms yeah but oh, right now it's still going on a lot of work is left to be done that's amazing anangsha i really hope you are able to create houses for yes, uh, your I people <laughs> and uh, there there are a lot of earthquakes that happen on the garo exactly. hills uh, i in, i've been to yes. meghalaya and uh, the other northeastern places and as you go inside the lives of people are incredibly difficult these extremely hard working people they have cut exactly, through the hills exactly. made houses it's incredible how they live over there in yeah, such situations yeah because the population has increased but there is no at space so they have to construct houses on hills there is no other option mhm yeah that's true that's true yeah. uh what like i i i saw a lot of the books that you read a uh, lot of the stuff that you write mm-hmm. they have a very strong female lead character right uh, yeah <laughs> i in yeah. personal life okay. in personal life uh, what is your take on uh, feminism political correctness and all the third wave movements that are going on uh, right okay. now so for me i don't think that you know feminism is about equality because a lot of studies have proven that you know men and women cannot be equal like men have they have more strength they can lift heavier objects they can win in fights and females mm-hmm. they can they mm-hmm. have stronger immunity and they can make mathematical calculations faster than men so men and women are different they are not equal but feminism to me is about equal opportunities is about giving both men and women a freedom to choose what kind of you know life they want no uh, there might be many mm-hmm. men who want to you know uh pursue a career of becoming a chef but generally the society tends to mm-hmm. look down on men that cooking is only for women or you know there might be women who want to you know do something that is considered masculine like maybe she wants to be a builder or an or a mechanic or an architect so all these things are generally you know considered to be uh, occupations only to be done by men so i believe for me feminism is about mm-hmm. having the freedom to choose what kind of uh, life you want what kind of choices you want to make in your life and nobody should impose anything upon you just because of your gender that is what i believe feminism is right 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 that's that's fantastic and you are taking one step forward by uh, creating houses being a literal <laughs> homemaker for people who are living in the <laughs> yeah hills which is interesting i see a lot of questions on kora and i think uh, this must mm-hmm. be answered anangsha uh, how can i date anangsha oh. how can i get anangsha to notice me how can i make anangsha fall in love with me so 
how is your dating life like and how can i make anansha uh, fall in love with okay. me okay <laughs> no this is not about yeah, this is a yeah, quora there was there was a time when there were a lot of questions <laughs> like this on quora um to date anansha i feel that whoever the person is they have to you know uh, they have to have a personality of their own it's not like So they'll be influenced easily by whatever the world is saying. They have to have their own opinions, and not just opinions. They have to have some reasons to justify their opinions. Like it's not that somebody will blindly say that, yeah, I am a, uh, I am a vegetarian, so everybody should be a vegetarian. It's not like that. If somebody has an opinion, they should have it. They should respect it, but they should also respect others who have opinions that are different from them. So maybe you call it being open-minded. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am. uh you know i get attracted to people who are open minded and who are tolerant of people being different and they also have a justification of why they feel that way and why they choose to live their lives that way this is the most uh, literature student <laughs> answer to this question i've <laughs> ever received <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay yeah. so yeah anansha you are an amazing person again i'm uh, a big you fan so of your writing i'm sure i'm sure you have a book on sale right now would you like to the listeners who are listening uh, would you like to pitch in something that uh, yes, they could read yes thank you uh, so much for giving me some opportunity some... so uh, yeah mm-hmm. my book what did tashi do is available for just rupees 29.70 on amazon and this deal is up up there this deal is up till 31st march and right now there is lockdown going on people can't move out of their houses people can't read physical books so you know this is a good opportunity to you know get mm-hmm. this book for a very small amount and then read it and many people have appreciated the story mm-hmm. so i hope you will also enjoy it mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. Uh, what did Tashi do? Is it? Uh, it looks like a very promising book, and I'm definitely going to buy it. So I really recommend that people who are listening uh, to this podcast, please go and buy her book. It's only twenty nine rupees seventy five paise. It isn't a lot of money, and money doesn't matter because it's going to be something amazing that you read. It's her personal story, and she has talked about it on yeah, numerous social thriller, media. Yeah, it's a thriller, and it's about so cybercrime is... and how online bullying can impact a woman's life. and people right, have right, told who ha- right. whoever has read it have said that once they started reading they could not stop it because it was so interesting mhm that's fantastic that's exactly what happens when uh, i read your quora answers or your <laughs> okay. other content so yeah that is there anansha uh, it was super fantastic interviewing you uh, any closing notes that you would like to uh, send on to our listeners some positive vibes uh, just tell them to yeah, stay at so home and it's a very difficult time for the entire world uh, and it's very easy to you know get mm-hmm. frustrated and want to go out but i would say that this is just a phase and this this will definitely pass so until then it's very important to take care of your physical health as well as your mental health and do something productive not just binge watch series do something productive that will you know have an impact on your life after this lockdown so you know invest in yourself invest in uh, learning skills that you want to learn so that you can you know have a positive outcome after all these uh, things have passed so that yeah that is what i like to say and of course stay safe <laughs> 
stay indoors and take care of people who don't know much about it like your parents or your grandparents might not know what this issue is about so spread awareness but again mm-hmm. don't spread fake news before uh, sharing any information make sure you have your facts right yeah right right <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Anangsha. This was uh, it. Didn't even uh, occur to me that we've been talking for the past forty minutes. You're such a fantastic Thank person. Thank you so much. Same here. And, it was uh, really fun am- having this conversation with you. All right. Thank you, Anangsha. Best of luck for whatever you are up to. Best of luck for your PhD, your next book, Thank and whatever so is much, coming up. Bye. 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 All right. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. It was amazing interviewing Anangsha, and it was an interesting experience. I got to learn so much. As an author, I always say that the book that the person writes is like a little kid that you have, or a little child that you have, is like your own offspring. So please go and read up Anangsha's book. What did Tashi do? It is something that is really close to her heart. Even off camera, she told me about this book, and uh, it's really fascinating how these thought processes come to her. Please go follow us. Talk up. all the social media follower on kora on medium on facebook on linkedin on wherever she, uh, she is and uh, yeah man just go and read her books learn about her research works what she is doing she is doing an amazing job uh, with her research work with all the parts of her life please please go and read read her content please shout her out on social media if you love this episode and please share this episode please subscribe to us and we have some phenomenal guests coming up on the next episodes of this podcast This is going to be super epic. I'm so excited to bring up the next episodes of this podcast. Signing off, Ankit. Thank you. Bye bye. Good night or whatever you're up to. See you guys on the next episode.